There is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Welcome to another thrilling episode of the Paranoia Podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. I am the publisher and owner of said magazine, Ron. And I'm Ron Patton, editor-in-chief of Paranoia Magazine, and welcome. Welcome. Yes, welcome. You know, I, I do the, the news, Ron, for uh, Spaced Out Radio. Oh, yeah? And every t- Yeah, and every time I come on, I go, greetings and salutations. And the guy, Dave, the guy who runs the show, yeah. he just can't stop laughing. He <laughs> just goes on and on and on like a gurgling belly laugh. Greetings and salutations, huh? Well, yeah, that's very cosmic. I'm trying to be cosmic. Yeah. You know, I'm too pragmatic. I I need a little more cosmic. Well, being that you're an IT kind of guy, you know, it's sort of kind of goes, it's par for the course, I guess. Yes, I am an IT kind of guy. So what's been going on? well, we had a big fat failure on the server that actually hosts Paranoia. Well, uh, one of the drives failed, and and uh, one of them in a, went into pre-fail. Yeah, was, li- it, was it downtime. Uh, Russian collusion? Was it Russian collusion? Uh, or Chinese no hacking? Collusion. No Chinese there's hacking. There's no collusion. It's a okay. witch hunt. It's all a witch hunt. It's a witch hunt. Um, well, I'm glad it's no, back it's up. Just, yeah, it, I moved it to a different server. Uh, that server has been running constantly for about nine years. Oh, okay. I think I, I think the last time I rebooted it was like six years ago. Okay. <laughs> so that's good, Ron. It's yeah, in considering yeah, you don't re, it's not Windows, man. You don't reboot it; it just runs. Anyway. We have the last few articles coming in. Uh, we're almost ready to get the magazine laid out. I have contacted and secured our layout person. Uh, she is ready. So as soon as we have articles, um, mm-hmm. I will send them to her and have it laid out. And then we will have another magazine. Cool. On I time. Should, yeah, yeah. I should winter have all winter. The, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I should have the remaining articles uh, due in tomorrow, so I think I have about three or four more. Yeah. Shocking that we did fall and fall and winter and winter. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Plus, plus the fact that we're going to have a, a really dynamite spring issue, a ground zero edition yes. of Paranoia Max. ground zero edition. we got to get a I good photo of Clyde, put it on the front. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some weird Photoshop. You know, because the last time 
Paranoia did a, uh, a special with Clyde that was back, I think, in fall of 2012. And uh, Bob Judd, you know, he was the uh, animator for uh, South Park. He did the right. uh, he did the art for the the cover with Clyde and his uh, crown of thorns. I thought that was trippy. Maybe maybe we should try to get him to do it again. Bob Judd, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a hold of him. Get him dressed up in a clown outfit, kind of like uh, yeah, Gacy. Yeah, there you go. Clyde is Gacy. Um, and I have been adding um, T-shirts. Uh, we have we have the CIA airline collection. Now we have the top secret patch collection. So if you desperately need a T-shirt, uh, they're like 16 bucks. They're, they're steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the website, click on T-shirts, and then you can get a, a T-shirt, which is pretty cool. You know, none of your fucking business. I got that one. Mm-hmm. Secret squirrel is coming. <laughs> Echo terrestrials. I got them all. Yeah, yeah. Good. Then yeah, we're yeah. going to have the uh, hey. Robert Preston uh, uh, Lone Net series, hopefully. Yes, I can't wait. That The Lone Net series is amazing. Oh, what else? Uh, I'm working on a secret video project. Is it so secret you can't tell anybody? No, I can tell you, Ron. I just can't tell anybody else. Okay, go ahead and tell. It me. involves me. It involves yeah. No, everybody plug your ears. It involves me going to to old uh, Cold War installations. That's cool. And so, I mean, is it, it going to be like on Paranoia TV? Is it going to have? Are you going to like it as a cool? Yeah, uh, ter- Paranoia TV is actually in Roku right now. They're mm-hmm. testing it. Excellent. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. And I did, uh, we've got two episodes of the uh, Conspiracy 101 uh, pictogram mm-hmm. class, uh, mm-hmm. one on how number stations work and one on Janet Airlines. And I will add some more. And it's basically uh, whiteboarded, cheesy music and cheesy whiteboarding of what this stuff is. I think it's kind of absurd, you know, to talk about, Janet Airlines in a whiteboarded, cheesy, uh, cheesy format would. Really now, how did you do that? How were you able to do that? Do you have a software program that software. does it? Yeah, Next. and I can pick the the cheesy person that hosts it. I can put a voiceover, but you know, nobody wants to hear me talk. So, hey, I'll, let me do a few. I want to do a few. I want to do like, sure, what, sure. Is a, what is a conspiracy and. Do it. Understanding Hegelian dialectics, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, do it. Just send me send me the audio and I'll I'll uh, make the I'll make the whiteboard session to match the audio. Excellent. You have a better voice than I do, Ron. I know, I'm sexier. Sorry. Just the way it is. You are. You are definitely sexier than I am. I, I think it's a, I think it's that uh Filipino and Cherokee blood. You know, uh I'm just a a Vikingish lumberjacky outdoorsy guy. That's okay. I we just, yeah yeah. Society needs those types. Society needs people like me. As I sit in my Carhartt sweatshirt with my Carhartt shorts outside in my backyard, <laughs> wishing I could see stars. Anyway, so I think that's the news. Correct. Sounds good to me. All right, we we have a fascinating guest tonight. 
Um, we've had some really great feedback. I've had no less than five people. I know five whole people. Yeah, five yeah. people send me messages. Well, you know, you know the rule, right? So my dad told me this long ago that Ford, you know, Ford Motor Company, right? Mm-hmm. Ford, um, Ford actually did a study, and this is very, this is somewhat uh, paranoia-ish. Ford did a study, and they determined that if people like your car, Ford, right, mm-hmm. they'll tell five of their they'll tell five of their friends that it's just the best thing on wheels. But if they're pissed right. off, they'll tell a hundred people that it's the worst car ever made. So I take five people. You know, we've been getting five six hundred plays per uh, per episode. It's increasing. I'll mm-hmm. take that five people, multiply it by a hundred because I know they're happy. Yep. So, you know, but I had five people tell me that they were completely addicted to the show. I know. And then they get they really like upset it's it. not on every week. So that's oh, weird. I know. I know. I don't know. I see we maybe maybe be some sort of like subliminal mind control. And we don't really know. It's well, just mind control is your scene, dude. That's true. Well, hey, <laughs> All right. let's get on with uh, our guest. Yes, our we have special. a fascinating guest. Ron, do the intro. Well, this evening we have Cassandra Van Zandt. And I met Cassandra. Welcome, Cassandra. Hi, Ron. How are you this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. Great. And I don't think we've spoken in years. <laughs> this is true. This is true, but I never forgot you. Well, that's very sweet of you. I, I remember um, we were at the UFO Congress Conference. Now, what year was that? Was that 2012 or 2013? Uh, I can't remember um, I think exactly. Years, yeah, it was. It, you have one of the years, right? So it was around there. Yeah, and our tables were like next to each other. Yes. And um, you had some artwork that I'm going. Whoa! What's this all about? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let me give a formal introduction. Um, Cassandra is a psychic medium, channeler, uh, animal artist, spirit photographer, galactic healer, and educator. Cassandra's journey began 25 years ago after a harrowing near-death experience. This life-altering event served to become the rite of passage which awakened her latent psychic abilities. Since that fateful day, Cassandra has sought answers and insights from the unseen realms of spirit guides, angels, and extraterrestrials whom she encountered while out of body. Eventually, this soul-searching endeavor led to the refinement of Cassandra's highly intuitive gifts. The main modality she works, she has, she now works through are clairvoyance, mediumship, and channeling. As the celestial interpreter of the star families, she also writes, speaks, and translates the intergalactic language. Cassandra, welcome to the Paranoia Podcast. That's welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited. I really am. I know. It's just like, <laughs> hey, haven't spoken to you in a while. Hey, you want to come on the show? And I know. <laughs> don't, don't get too excited. We call this the, the best amateur hour on podcasting, so... Don't but it's fun. It. <laughs> it's fun. We have, we good, have good time with it. So, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, what really intrigued me was your story. 
So perhaps you can, um, you know, give us some insight as to, you know, what transpired uh, during your near-death experience and how you were before the experience and what occurred after. Well, before, during, and after, that's, that's, um, that's, it, actually, there was a lot of transition in all of those. I mean, when I did die, because I died in a car wreck, um, before that, people had asked me, what was your life like before? And the only thing that I could say, it was extremely mundane, um, and it, it, it was just, mediocre I was just living now keep in mind I was 29 when that happened and uh, you know I'm in this existence (laughs) that's okay this is is this it you know I never really thought about it like that because I was just living but then when I had my near death and I I actually was encountering um, these beings and also finding out what I could do with just the thought because after I had died um, th- this is when I knew I knew that I had died number one um, because I I was looking around and I'm in a like an ether ghostly uh, body and I'm going through hospital floors um, you know I'm just going up up and up and up and going through different different floors of the hospital until I reached the the roof of the hospital, mm-hmm. and it, and it was nighttime, and I remember I'm I'm kind of floating around, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was looking at the stars, and I remember I'm looking at the stars, and I thought, I want to be there, mm-hmm. and the next thing I knew, I was. So I'm up in the stars, up in the heavens, and I'm looking around and I'm asking with my mind, Mm -hmm. I'm saying, God, I know I'm dead. Where are you? And I'm looking around and, you know, I I asked this a couple of times. And then um, out of the blue, um, uh, there was a door that opened. And an older man walked out of this door And he came to me and he said, you know, can we talk to you for a minute? And I did say, yes, you can, but I'm dead and I got to find God. So, you know, let's hurry this up. So Mm -hmm. I went inside. I I know. It's like, are you kidding me? I have things to do. So I went inside this room. It was just a square room, white walls. And I started talking to... Um, this person who I later found out was my spirit guide. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I finished talking with them and I went to the next person who was my angel. Mm -hmm. I finished talking with her and then I went to the next person who was the spirit guide and the angel were on one wall and my ET was on the other wall opposite. I went over and I started to talk to this person or being. And I finished and I said, okay, thank you very much. Um, now I got to go. You know, I'm dead and I, I need to find God. And my spirit guide said, you know, go ahead, you know, have a good day. And 
mm-hmm. off I went. So I started to um, go, you know, I'm, I'm still looking and I look up and I'm, I'm just saying I want to be there and I want to find God. And then I saw a green tunnel. And in this green tunnel, it was like, wow, this is a beautiful tunnel. This was like the the most brilliant colored emerald green I'd ever seen. And I was going through it. When I went through this tunnel, it enveloped me. It was was just indescribable, the feeling that I had in this tunnel. And I thought, wow, this is really, really nice. I really like this. But, you know, I'm still looking for God. I had a mission. I had to look for God. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going out of this tunnel, and I keep going up and up, and I said, again, with my mind, God, where are you? Well, I saw a pinpoint of a very, very bright, bright light. And so I started to head for that that pinpoint of light. And when I finally, finally got to, you know, started getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And then what I did was I went inside this light. And when I went inside this light, there was God. And I knew that I had found God because I had been looking for him. And like most people think, you know, he's um, an old man that sits on a throne. I, I I found that he is energy and this bright, bright, white energy. Um, I went into the God source is what I, I just put it like that. I'm going into the God source and I'm actually having a conversation with God. And I remember the only thing about that conversation was I said, can I stay? And I heard not yet. And as soon as I heard not yet, I was back in my body. So I'm back in my body and, and every ache, every pain, um, I had uh, went through a windshield and then I had come back through it. And then I had been um, uh, crushed like in between the dash and the floorboard. So when they cut me out of the truck, uh, I had massive head injuries, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. and and um, you know I was bruised and banged up and everything, and it all hit me at once. And when it hit me at once, I w- I knew immediately that I was I was back, that I wasn't in this other form that I was so enjoying, mm-hmm. and I was so mad. I was so mad, Ron. And then I, it's like, why can we talk about this? I mean, why did I come back? Mm-hmm. And it took me a good. I, and the, the other thing about it, I could not tell anyone about this. I tried to tell my husband at the time what happened. And because he was the one who caused the accident, he didn't want to hear about it. Right. You know, he's it's that, you know, that would mean that it was real Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to hear about it. And I didn't have any close friends that I could actually say, hey, you know what? I was talking to angels and guides and all that. And the great thing about it was when I came back, I still had that connection. Mm -hmm. So that's that telepathic connection. And that's how that that 
prompted me being able to connect with people's, you know, anyone who has passed over, connect with their guides or their angels or their ETs. Mm -hmm. And it just never turned off. So over the years, I was trying to, number one, figure out why I came back. I was extremely depressed. Um, I couldn't figure out why I came back. It was so much better there. I mean, everything was it's like here. No, I don't want to be here. I want to be there. So it's I've been taking it. Yes, it's true. It's taken. I've, heard, I've heard people say that. Mm-hmm. They're like, why did I come back? And there's a I've heard people say that there's quite a long time where you, you have to get your bearings back because it's such a it's such a climactic experience that it's like when you get back here, you know, it, it, you're, you're haunted by the fact that you were in this place of total love and, and, uh, euphoria and bliss or what? Yes. Euphoria, yeah. Oh, total yeah. love, total, total, because you don't have that ego. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it, it's pure communication, number one. So telepathy is just pure communication. There's no flattery. There's no manipulation. There's nothing like that. It's pure communication. And again, the green tunnel I went through, um, I found out later, of course, green is the color of healing. So I'm going uh-huh. through this green tunnel for some type of healing, uh, obviously on my, my um uh, spirit body, but I'm going through that and the, the feeling, even when I was talking to God and, you know, I said, can I stay like, not yet. That not yet was very loving. It was very, very loving, even though I didn't like it. You know, I wish I could have stayed and argued my case, but I couldn't. So (laughs) it, it was, it was, yeah, (laughs) it was, it it was made for me. And a lot of people, I know they say, well, I was given a choice. Do you want to come back or don't you? But I and wasn't given that choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, there, are, there are a lot of people who are like, they get to the end of the tunnel, whatever color the tunnel is. Mm-hmm. They get to the end of the tunnel. It's like, nope. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> back it's you not go. Like you have this, <laughs> yeah, it's not like you have this big conversation of, well, you know, I should stay because it's like, nope. <laughs> <Not learning>. <laughs> <laughs> go back <laughs> I know I it, it, it it was it, I kind of felt cheated mm-hmm. um, but then you know what was I supposed to do mm-hmm. so that actually that happened when I was 29 and you know I we're talking over 30 years so you know 31 years at least that that happened and it's interesting a a person I met yesterday they were asking me about this and I told them I said it's like it happened yesterday it's something that I will never ever forget it's something that no one can say it didn't happen um, there was just a lot of things that I, I experienced that for a reason, and it took me over 30 years to, you know, go through this and try to figure out, you know, why did I come back? Why did I come back? Was it because I was supposed to be a psychic? Was it supposed because I was supposed to help people, you know, learn? Was it because I was supposed to introduce them to their spirit guides? You know, uh, what was it? And then... About, I'd say, six years ago, Mm -hmm. um, that's when I started to uh, 
really um, be um, contacted by the ETs. So I had never really been out of contact with them. But the interesting thing was when I uh, had died, I first got in, spoke with my guide, then my angel, then my ET. And that's the way it happened in my life over those 30 years too. So the first time what I'm doing is I'm really talking to guides and I'm getting information and I'm, you know, really connecting with them. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to angels and I'm finding out more about them and what they could do and, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing them and everything. And then the last leg is the ET. So it went in order. And I just thought about that now. Um, it did go in order. So now with the ETs, they really opened themselves up to me about six years ago. Um, and that's when I started speaking their language. I started drawing their images. Um, and just recently I started writing um, it, it, it's just all started to, to roll this way. And that's what I feel. Again, I keep asking myself, why did I come back? And I feel it was all three, but right now is the time that it's to open up, you know, those who are awakening and to show them what it is they're seeking. Interesting. Now, did you have any type of uh, uh, spiritual or religious belief system prior to your near-death experience? Um, I was religious, quote-unquote. I mean, I did go to church. Um, uh, I was searching for a lot of things, uh, mainly because I had later on found out that there was a lot of what the way I was raised. Okay, so I'm I'm searching for a lot of things and I had blocked out a lot of memories and the way I was raised was in a satanic group. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of of blocked memories, a lot. And right. then when I started to remember, then that's when uh, you know, I thought, okay, maybe I need to look for, you know, this, or I need to look for that. I saw a lot of evil. I saw, you know, I was involved with a lot of evil mm-hmm. and I'm looking for the good. And, you know, how did this, how did this, this work? And why was I like, you know, chosen, if you want to say it that way, to die and to have these experiences to turn my life totally around. Mm-hmm. So th- there's, there's a lot of a lot of things that have happened in my life that when I think about it and in fact I'm actually writing another book and <laughs> it's Good. about it's about my life and it's called from earth to the stars and this is talking from the very beginning to you know who knows where it's going to end but this is just it, putting it down and and saying Wow, if I actually sat around and thought about all, all the stuff that's happened in my life, um, I don't know if I could have handled it. Mm-hmm. it it's, and I have all of this protection. I have, you know, my ETs and my guides and my angels. I have everyone around me. And you don't realize that. There's a lot of people that don't realize how, how many um, – helpers, unseen helpers they have around them. So when you feel that you're alone, just 
know that you aren't because we're not put here just to kind of fumble around in the dark. We're put here, you know, to learn, to experience, to grow, you know, to to mm-hmm. to do all these things and to help other people. So we help ourselves first and then we help other people. Right. Yeah, I was always uh, kind of blown away regarding the synchronicities of uh, meeting other people like at that UFO Congress conference, mm-hmm. just talking to them. And um, I remember talking with you. And now, are you of uh, Cherokee heritage? I do have a Native American uh, in me, and I do believe it's it's Cherokee, yes. Right. I think we were talking about that. Right. Uh, do, you, do you also think that pretty much all humans have some sort of uh, lineage of sorts to the stars? Oh, yes, definitely. Sort of, right. Definitely. I noticed that there are a lot of people who are saying, oh, you have this kind of energy or Pleiadian or whatever. And it was like, I didn't know what to think at the time. <laughs> and I was talking you to know. Cynthia Crawford. Oh, yeah. And uh, she was going, oh, sometimes that's just a pickup line. But she goes, I don't think you're really Pleiadian. You're more from the Sirius. Is that how it's pronounced? Cyrus? Yes. Sirius, Syrians. Yeah. yeah. You have more of a warrior in you. Right. That's what she was telling me. And I'm going, I have no idea <laughs> because <laughs> it was all so new to me, you know. Right. And so I was just very intrigued by the fact that people like you and then Cynthia, who I know she passed away, what, a, yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, it, I just found it so intriguing. And, and at that time, I was feeling really down. There was some uh, relationship issues I was going through. And I was just feeling really depressed. But I remember you helped lift up my spirits. And then uh, uh, Clifford uh, Mahuti, who's a uh, Zuni tribal leader, he was there. He didn't even know me, but he just came up to me and he, he said, hey, take care of yourself, okay? It's like, whoa, <laughs> I just felt, I felt naked, you know? Like, yeah. can you see something that, I mean, it was, it was, startling at first but i just felt really good that seemed like there was a lot of genuine compassion and uh transparency that was there definitely i mean we we go to these places um we we are meant to you know see certain people Mm -hmm. this is just how it works you know the universe just puts us all in the the place that we're supposed to be in Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I just went to a conference in uh, October um, in um, Albuquerque. Oh, and then, that's right. I saw that. I noticed that. You yeah. Were there. And then I went to uh, one in July in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And in both of them, I mean, the people that I met and, uh, you know, we exchange a lot of energy and we also exchange a lot of information. And mm-hmm. this information may or may not have been conscious, you know, yeah. because each of us hold hold a, a piece of the puzzle. And right. when we when we make these connections, you know, whether it's just for, you know, that time or it's a lifelong thing, <clears throat> there's a reason for it. So. With Cynthia, though, I'm still in contact with her. Uh, it, that's one of the perks. Wow. You know? <laughs> I'm still in contact with her. 
And um, I actually write about it. I, I On my website, I have a blog called the Cynthia Chronicles. And what I do is I, you know, pick a subject or she just comes in and says, we need to talk about this. And I'm like, okay. So um, I start, uh, you know, writing it out. So this is something that I had worked on last year and then I lapsed a little bit and then I got another one um, a download from her I mean when I'm when I'm channeling her I mean she's uh-huh. just she's just talking to me and I'm just typing uh-huh. what she's saying right um, and it's actually about the Syrian warrior of light so wow. um, Interesting. this is yeah this is uh, um, something that I do to keep connected to her because I miss her body, you know, her presence mm-hmm. um, uh, terribly. But I get so much more from her this way. And she knew that this was what, what was going to happen so that she could work more because she was all about working with the Federation and helping the, the star seeds. And um, this is what she wanted to do. So, you know, sad for us, but um, she's doing what she's supposed to be. And when she saw my pictures, because I, I, I actually, the, the, the beings use Cynthia as a, um, my first, you know, my guinea pig, you know, to, mm-hmm. for me to try out on, because wow. she was the one that I gave my very first galactic message to. And, mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I'm going to give you a reading or I'm going to give you a message and uh, it's going to be in the galac- your galactic language. And, you know, I'm, I'm like very hesitant because I have never told anyone I did this. This was just for me. This was not right. public. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia looked at me and she just said, just a minute, I'm going to get my recorder. And I'm like, oh, please don't get your recorder. But she did. And um, after that, she told everyone about what I do and that got me on a couple of TV shows and, you know, um, to be able to help a couple of, you know, not a couple, a lot of people that wanted to know more about their star families. And when I started to draw the beings, I would show Cynthia, you know, well, this came through and, you know, what do you think? And, um, she's you know she was fascinated by this so she told mm-hmm. everyone so now i draw people's star families um mm-hmm. and and then i started to do um a tonal and it's called a tonal vibration mm-hmm. and i did this because she came to me one one night and she called me on the phone she goes i can't really talk i had a mini stroke and i can't reach my star family would you do it for me i said yes i will so i began i was going to reach her star family but then i opened my mouth and these tones started to come out and they just continued for about 5 minutes and mm-hmm. she she said what you know what and i said i don't know I said, they just, that's just what I'm supposed to do. And they're healing you and, you know, you're going to be better tomorrow. So she called me the next day and she was like, totally, totally, I could hear her. She wasn't slurring her words. She had turned totally around. So they used her um, in order for me to get my feet wet. Let's put it that way. When, when doing a a public type Mm -hmm. of of coming out and I really, really appreciate it 
that fact because <laughs> it could be pretty scary. I mean, there are people obviously that don't um, believe in the galactics or what yeah. is going on. That's okay. You know, they don't need to. Um, I just know that these are things that that really, really help other people awaken. And I feel that I'm I just blaze that path, that trail for them, and then they go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have so many preconceived ideas of who we are and what the universe is like, but it's kind of like the type of experience that you had where you were able to actually sort of talk to the God source and be in the mm-hmm. presence of other entities. I mean, that must have been just so mind-blowing, and it just sort of really broke down a lot of the preconceived barriers that you had in regard to who God was. Actually, Ron, at the time, it was very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in that state, it was I didn't, I didn't think, oh, my God, I'm meeting celebrities here. I didn't right. think that at all. It was very natural. Mm-hmm. But w- when I came back, I was... I was still, you know, because I couldn't tell anyone, I was still in my own, wow, (laughs) you know, that was really cool, but I still want to be there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get over that. I want to be there. And it took quite a few years for me to actually, um, you know, say, okay, fine. You know, it, it, it took a lot of changes. I mean, um, you know, two divorces and uh, moving about a thousand times and uh, meeting different people and, you know, going from there. So it was, it, again, I don't even want to think about all the things that I've done. So it's very tiring, but, you know, I'm still here and I'm still kicking. It's great. That's what it's all about. It is. And it only gets so better. I, so I have, a, I have a question. So. Mm-hmm. When when you were talking about when this actually happened, mm-hmm. did you said you ascended through the levels <clears throat> of the hospital until you got to the roof, mm-hmm. and then you went out into space. Yes. And you're out there amongst the stars, and yes. then you said a door opened. So, was it quite literally like a door appears in space and then it opens and then you pass through it? You got it. That's exactly Crazy. what it was like. I know. Is that entered a room? And I entered a room, yes. That's very, like, 2001. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very interesting. And I, I, you know, I've I've heard a lot of stories like this, but I've never heard one where where there's an ET involved. That that is a very interesting element that I I had not heard before. I, I mean, it makes sense, right, that if, you know, if you're, in that kind of a space, in that kind of a situation, that if they're all tied together, that they would be, the representative of that would be there as well. You've got the guide, the angel, and the ET, because that that is your communications platform, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I they were all... I was interested about the door. <laughs> the door they were was, all... I had to have. Oh, that's true, though. I mean, you painted the perfect picture. That's exactly the way it was. I mean, it just appeared out of nowhere, and uh, and I walked in the room, and it was a very small room. You know, it wasn't like a conference hall or anything. It was just a small room with white walls, 
Mm-hmm. And that's it. Wow. The level of recall is also very interesting. You, you can describe it. I'm sure if I asked you what the floor looked like, you could tell me. Yeah, it was, it was white. Interesting. <laughs> there you go. It was white. Everything <laughs> was white. Everything was white. Um, and And the recall, I mean, seriously, you do not... Well, let me put it this way. I cannot forget what happened. And I seriously, uh, I'm, I'm saying that it's like it was yesterday. I remember the crash. I remember taking my last breath and my spirit leaving my body. You know, I remember looking at my body and going, eh. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I, I didn't care. And I remember going through the hospital floors and, you know, seeing the wiring and then coming up on a different floor and, you know, the hustle and bustle and, and, or the quietness, it just depended on what floor it was. And then getting up on the roof and seeing the pebbles on top of the, the, the roof and, um, you know, just looking over the city and then looking up at the stars. I remember everything, everything. And it, it will uh, it will never go away. I, I have to admit, I'm I, nobody's ever told me what kind of uh, alien I am. Uh, so I'm not like Ron. <laughs> <laughs> People don't stop me and go, yeah, you're a plebeian. <laughs> Nobody does that to me. So. <laughs> well, there's yeah. there's a lot of uh, I mean, look at what what um, both of you are trying to expose or to, um, you know, help uncover to the people Mm -hmm. who are seeking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have, you have that mission or that, that purpose, um, for a reason. And if I looked at your picture and, and tune in, I, I'll give you, uh, what I get. Yeah, so, well, you should give her your picture so she can get an <laughs> If you want to know, I will give you what I get, and then we could go from there. So wh- Boy, what do you think funny. I'm, do you think I'm Pleiadian or... Six, no, you're or... Syrian. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're Syrian. That's you right. you, you definitely have, photo. you definitely have the warrior in you, a warrior uh-huh. spirit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, I remember, you know, I remember uh, meeting you at the conference. So there's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, when Cynthia said that she was, she was correct. Right. Well, because it was interesting because there are a lot of women go, oh, you have Pleiadian energy. And it's like, oh, is that good? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just, because I didn't have any frame of reference really to draw from. And actually at the time I thought it was a little like weird because i just didn't have a really good grasp or understanding of the bigger picture of who we really are and then you know the more i thought about it the more it made sense and you know i i grew up as sort of a a nominal catholic and then later i became a a evangelical christian Mm -hmm. but it still didn't feel right you know, I mean, it, there are a lot of truths behind a lot of that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it was just like it just seemed like so structured and man-made and it, it just didn't feel right. And then when I just let it all go and just came to the realization that I just I don't know, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it was like I had this 
like freedom and this guilt that was just lifted to where I was like an open sponge to, to know more about who I really was and what my purpose was in life. And, you know, mm-hmm. and hey, I'm not totally sure, but it always seems like, again, the, the synchronicity factor really comes into play in regard to the people that I come across. And, you know, like over the years, I've, I've been doing a lot of research on mind control and um, met a lot of survivors of like ritual abuse and mind control. And, uh, it's like, I never really had a big fascination toward that, but it was just like, I heard somebody talk about it and I didn't believe it. And then just like how one thing led to another. And so you see this sort of this causal loop that kind of comes into play. And I think Olaf can, I kind of attest to that too. Yeah, you know, you just, I never set out to be into conspiracy stuff. I just kind of, it just kind of organically happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just one of those things where it, I just kind of suddenly was doing that one day. I mean, there are a lot of reasons, I think, why, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't really have a good explanation of, of what my attraction to it all was. It just is. I, it is it's funny you know you you, get, you do interviews and stuff and people are like well how did it start and what it why and you know you don't always have a good, yeah. good explanation for it all right no, there's, there's a lot picture of me hey there he is the chat room. there's me <laughs> hold on but no it, but no it's it's true it's true you know i i i saw something when i was a kid and i became obsessed with trying to figure out what that thing i saw was Oh. And you know, between between the two of us, I'm a I'm probably the the more pragmatic nuts and bolts one. Yeah, but uh, you've so. had actually more UFO experiences, a heck of a lot more than I have. I've seen a lot more. Oh, yeah, I've had a lot. Oh, I've had black triangles fly over my head. I've yeah, I've seen, I see, I've seen things, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's true, you know, you can't. So what do you think your reason is for seeing them? I, I seek them out. Ah. I want to see them. I, I put myself, I always tell people, you know, people will say, I had this conversation with Dean Hagelin once because, you know, he, he did uh, The Truth Is Out There. Because here he is, he, he was on The X-Files, he was one of the lone gunmen. And he notoriously has never seen a UFO. And I said, well, if you want to see UFO, you have to go where they are. Mm-hmm. That if you, you know, if if there's they're having mass sightings somewhere, then you have to go there because then you'll probably see it. You know, and I mean, I had I had a really great one that was exciting, exhilarating, and terrifying all at once. You know, in the t- town of Dixon, the day before <clears throat> I was in college, my girlfriend and I. Um, had an apartment and the handyman knew, uh, knew of my interest. And, you know, my, my quest was always to figure out what I saw. And so I, I just indulged it. And so, you know, I used to talk to him about it and he slipped a news article from Dixon under my door. And it was like, Oh, this mass UFO sighting, the entire police force saw it, you know, cigar shaped UFO ran straight down the, the rail line, 
they all saw it. Half the town saw the damn thing. And, mm-hmm. and I looked at her and I said, we got to go, you know, we're probably going to see nothing, but we got to go. So I, we got in my car that night, we drove out there and it's a rural, um, it's a rural community, a little less rural now, but a lot more rural back then. And, you know, we parked in the fields and, uh, one of those little roads that runs through the cornfields, whatever, and we're out there and sitting on the hood of the car and watching them dogfight, make triangles and squares and circles and all this weirdness. We watched that for about 45 minutes or an hour. And then, uh, two of them peeled off and actually came down and they were running lines between these two radio towers. And you could see them actually flipping over in the moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see them like go down to one tower. The towers were a few miles apart, go down and roll over, come back, roll over, go down, roll over. And they were like, they were like parallel running parallel to each other. And then, uh, one, one of them, past the radio tower that was close to us and was coming directly toward us. And the other one started to do that too. And she looked at me and she's like, I don't want to get abducted. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing like 90 miles an hour through these, like, you know, this like little beat to shit road and cars bouncing up and down. And I'm like, look, look behind us. Is it following us? You know, we, we peeled out onto the freeway we we lived, you know, only a few miles away, but we like kept going down the freeway and we took the long way around just to make sure it wasn't following us. Then we like pulled into the drive pulled into the parking lot, ran into the house, turned off all or apartment, turned off all the lights, locked the door. <laughs> like, are they coming? Yeah, that'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and and you know, the the phone calls from weird people at weird hours of the night that shouldn't have your phone number. Yeah, you know, the whole nine yards. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of that kind of thing. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm wondering why you're dismissing it. I don't. I don't dismiss it at all. But or I wouldn't but, seek it out. But you have this, and what I'm saying is, um especially with contact with the ships, you know, um, you're out there looking at them. Uh, why don't you just right. ask them, you know, you want to see more than their ship because they're, believe it or not, when you are um, in contact <laughs> with them, they aren't forcing anything on you. So you say, okay, I want to see you. I want to talk to you. I want to see what, you know, what's the deal? Why are, why am I um, uh, seeing you or, or what's coming yeah. out of it? Because I feel that you really have, um, uh, you can have a great platform with opening up that communication for, I'm not sure what reason right now, but I'm just getting like, you know, urge him to do this, urge him to do this because um, you know, okay. seeing seeing a ship is great, but it's the 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 beings inside of it that are uh, what we're you know we're we're communicating with. So it's like I gotta urge you to do this, Olaf. So if you if you right. if you do it, yeah. then go for it and and see what happens. You know, I've I've seen dozens, dozens and dozens and dozens, and that mm-hmm. doesn't even count East East SETI, which is its own. You said he ran to Charlie, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've seen dozens just, I mean, I was driving home one night from work and it was about one or one thirty in the morning. And there's a, when I drive to work and back, there's a valley and it was very foggy. It was a uh, winter time. It was very foggy. And I was driving along. I was the only person on the road. And it was a highway, you know, and I was doing maybe 70 and a black triangle, the size of a 747 uh, came down through the cloud layer and went right over these hills, the hills that were on either side of the, the valley mm-hmm. and just cruised right over my head. And I, and I thought, you know, one of the things I was actually talking about this on another interview, you know, one of the things that people always think is that when you have an experience like that, the first thing you're going to do is say, well, I'm going to stop and I'm going to film it and I'm going to do this and do that. And it's not true. In that moment, when I saw it, I had a phone with a camera, you know, and I, I, I thought to myself, you know, I could pull over, I could film this thing. It would be insane. It's crystal clear. I could see the rivet lines in this thing. I don't know that it was alien. I think it may have been human, but it, it, I could see the, I could see the panels on it. Like you see panels on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I could see the pan. It was that low. I mean, it was a, not, maybe a thousand feet over my head max. And, you know, but you think to yourself, well, if I pull over on this road, some dude's going to hit me, you know, and if I pull over on this road, some, you know, something weird might happen. And so you think to yourself, well, I can see it and I can remember it and you can either believe me or not. And I'm just going to keep going because I want to go home. I'm tired. And I, you know, if I pull over, I was convinced because I live in the lovely state of California I was convinced that some somebody was going to come barreling up that road, and even though I'm on the on the shoulder, they were going to nail me. And I just I thought to myself, it's not worth it. I'm just going to keep going. But they're as exciting as it is, as thrilling as it is. There's also a level of uncertainty and terrifyingness of the of the prospects. So you know, it's all those things in one, which I don't. Unless you've seen one, you don't really understand. I mean, it's probably different for you, but for me, you know, it, you try to explain to you or explain to someone what the experience is like of actually seeing these things and they're blowing your mind and so many things are going through your head. But at the same time, you know, as much as it's blowing your mind, you're thinking, what is that? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. I mean, the next time I see one. Yeah, fear not. I'll, I'll tell them. I, you know, I've I've done the I've done the, you know, the disclosure project thing, going out in the desert with the flashlights and all that, you know, million million candle power uh, spotlight and shining it up in the sky. I've never had anything come back, but you know, I'll try. I've done the intention experiments. That stuff never worked for me for some reason, but the next time I actually see one, I'll I'll definitely try. I don't yeah. mind. I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. What the heck? That's you might be very surprised. Yeah, maybe <laughs> when we go out to Camp Paranoia someday, yeah. out by Klamath sure. Falls, we yep. can uh, have something like that. We'll we'll invite uh, Sandra, and she can. There you go. It's Camp Paranoia. 
Yeah, we have yeah, Cam. Yeah, we have Cam Paranoia. Oh, how cool. I'd love to go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's by uh, Klamath Falls. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it it's a fairly new spot. Yep. And uh, Olaf uh, purchased it a couple years ago, I believe. And uh, we're, we're going to have like a kind of like a small campsite and maybe have little sections, have like a Bigfoot section and a UFO section and, uh, right. you know, conspiracy yep. section. So yep. different right. little camp areas. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, very rustic. It's uh, off the grid. <clears throat> it's uh, outside. It's east of Klamath Falls, up on the side of a mountain. Um, it's at about almost five thousand feet. Wow. And there, there's no light pollution. There's no, there's nobody there. It's just forest. There's a road. I mean, it's it's next to a freeway, but you know, you could you could take a nap on that freeway. And nobody would. Have to. <laughs> I mean, it's just nobody there. Not like in California, huh? Yeah, and and it and Bigfoot has been seen within a mile, so I think I'm at mile marker 101, and mm-hmm. there was a a couple of Bigfoot sightings around mile marker 100. So you know, Bigfoot has been seen within a mile of of this place, and but yeah, it's it's forested, big lodgepole pines, 100 foot tall trees. It's pretty cool. There's one thing actually. There's a couple of things about it that are a little strange. Um, one is that I'm not sure how it happened, but there are a set of logs that are, and it's not a human did not do it. It's not like the foundation of anything, but there are logs that fell in a square. Wow. Like a perfect square. Yeah. And when you go in the middle of that square, it feels strange that there's a, there's a weird mojo to it that when you stand in the middle of it, it's, um, you can feel it. The, the other thing that's weird about it is that you, um, when you go there and you're, you know, you're just hanging out, you know, I took the little paranoias out there and my parents and my co-parent, we all went out there and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you go into this place and any you know, of the, the, the kids are, are running around and playing, you know, doing whatever and you're sitting there you know in a chair and hanging out and you think to yourself oh boy i've been here for like an hour no you've been there for like four or five hours there's a weird kind of time dilation there where you think you've been there for an hour but it's like a multiplier of like four it's very strange i've never in my i've been around the world you know i've seen things i've been weird places my whole life I've never, ever experienced that anywhere. I mean, I've been to Sedona. I've been to these places. I've never experienced that kind of time dilation anywhere. But, yeah, you go in, you think you've been there an hour, you've been there three, four hours. It's weird. It's a very strange place. I felt compelled to buy it, actually. Hmm. Now we got to utilize that. Bring bring the people... we went out there to take a look at it because I wanted to buy land up there for a while. And we went out there to take a look at it. And my dad, he, he just looked at me and he's all, you got to buy this place. He said, you just, just go buy it. You got the money, go buy it. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I bought it. <laughs> yes, story. you definitely need to utilize that. If you felt oh, compelled. Yeah. 
you know, you, you just don't buy a piece of land for, you know, no reason. There's a reason no. that you're supposed to be doing that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So we're going to plan but, something. You know, but, you know, at the same time, it's not, it's not just UFOs. I mean, I've seen ghosts. I've seen all, I've seen Bigfoot. I've seen all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of paranormal stuff. Yeah, I'm like a lightning rod. Yeah, whereas I, I've really, I haven't seen a lot of that. So, interestingly. But you know what's funny about ghosts? I, I've gone to plenty of haunted places. I've seen arms manifest in midair. You know, I've used the SB7, the spirit box. I've had conversations and done all that stuff. But I can never seem to talk to the people that I would want to talk to. I just, it's just whoever's there. It's not yeah. like somebody is, is like a burning desire to come and, and, and hang out. It, it's always like, well, like the, the arm, I went to a haunted hangar and the, I didn't know it at the time. It's a museum, but the room that I was in this, this woman, she's like, I'm a psychic. And I'm like, okay, sure. Cause you know, I'll take it at face value. Somebody says, well, I'm a psychic. I'll be like, okay, you're a psychic. I'm not, I'm not here to, to prove or disprove, you know, your belief of what you are. So she's like, we got to go in this room. I'm like, okay. So I followed her in there and we're standing there in an arm. wearing a, wearing a shirt, you know, uh, manifest in midair. And it looked like it was writing on a desk. And so I went back and I asked the guy, the executive director, I'm like, what was in that room? And he said, Oh, that was the office. I'm like, well, I just saw some guy's arm appear and he was writing like he was writing on a table. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the rich, my own weirdness. The old residual haunting. Oh yeah. So Cassandra, did you figure out what Olaf's star family might be? Yes. Oh my gosh, no. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just listening oh, no, to that's this. Okay. That's I okay. will get back that's to cool. you though. I will. Yeah, don't worry about it. I definitely will. Um, I'm just curious. Yeah. Nobody course. ever told me, so I was, I was curious. Everybody is. Most, oh, sure. most so people was, who went to admit it are. Yeah. So. so I was wondering, what are some of the uh, type of healing modalities that you uh, that you utilize in in um, you know helping other people? Um, the healing it started with the tonal vibration, mm-hmm. and then it um, just well probably a year or so ago. Um, I want to call it, you've heard of Reiki, yes. right? Yeah. Well, I want to yeah. call this a galactic Reiki. I mean, because I, I will have them come through and they're working on the person, but it's not like, um, um, you know, traditional Reiki. It's through the beings that are coming through. So I call it galactic Reiki. And these are the, the ways that I help people um as far as the healing modalities go, unless they give me another, you know, another um, uh, opening, which they do, they keep adding things and I never know how it's going to happen, but it just happens. So Uh that's how I help them. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. And the, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, those people who profess to be like light workers Mm -hmm. uh, and, 
I, I really don't know how my intuition is, but there are some conferences that I go to where people, you know, proclaim that they're light workers, but there's just something amiss because it just seems like there are some people that just sort of like go through the motions of like they're either wannabes or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, do you encounter people like at different conferences and different settings where there's a, there's a lot of glitz and glamour, but then there's just something that's just not right? Or do, you, or do you think there's like archon influence in individuals to where they really want to be, but they have a lot of blockages? Um, actually, it's it's the former. You know, oh, most of okay. it is is glitz and glamour. Um, yes. You know, you 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 go with your intuition. You know, you you check it out, and you know whatever they're saying. Just like you know, when Olaf says somebody says they're a psychic, it's like okay, not here to disprove or, or prove. Right, but I you thought. you just you check it out, and you just know. Um, mm-hmm. You I mean really, you just know in any kind of you know, metaphysical, occult um, uh, type of work, you're, you're going to have the ones that just do this because uh, they either want to get in on it for the uh, monetary value or they want sure. the, uh, no, I'm, you know, they have an ego thing and so they want people to um, look at them, you know, look at me, me, me. Uh, it's, it, you have that in, in, especially the metaphysical um, uh, realm, you know, you have a lot of people that uh, can try to sabotage for um, themselves as well as the people that they're, you know, who are attracted to them. But then everybody goes to who it is that they need at that time. So, you know, if somebody's going to someone that, you know, you don't feel as real legit, then that person is going to them for a reason. So that's what makes the world go round. And, you know, that's why I say you trust that gut, trust, trust your gut feeling. Right now. And granted, there are people that are that go through hard times, even those who are very gifted um, and have, you know, profound psychic abilities. So but uh, what I look at is uh, consistency, too. You know, um, when you get to know a person and if they're just sort of like just gravitate toward this or that and, you know, they're they're not really consistent in their um, sort of overall perspective. And it seems like sometimes they might be causing more divisiveness than, you know, really trying to bring unity you know, those are certain indicators that I see too. Oh, definitely. And, and of course, when when it's all about me, to, <laughs> that that's a, a really big factor. And so, I don't know. I just that that's something that I've noticed when I've gone to different gatherings or or groups where it's like, oh yeah, I can relate to this person or that person. And and the other thing is, you know, we all have um, personality conflicts too. So mm-hmm. it's not to dismiss that that person is bad or, um, you know, like a provocateur trying to sabotage, you know, what other people are doing. But it's just uh, you just kind of get a mixed bag sometimes. And it's just uh, sort of unsettling, though. And 
people are touting themselves as being, you know, these glorious light workers, but you can just see right through it. But unfortunately, other people will just gravitate toward them like, oh, this person can do no wrong. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm sort of dissing people, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just to be aware. It's the of the, yeah. It's I, the I think that discernment is just very important yeah. and it's not to really put down people, but it's just also a means to, to protect yourself against sort of unwarranted uh, intrusion by absolutely with, you know, from malevolent intention, sort of speak. Well, it's also the nature of the business, right? That it's like if you go to a conference, you know, you see all kinds of people. It's it's some of them, <clears throat> you know, you, you watch their presentations and you walk out of it going, okay, sure. And then other ones, you, you go to the conference and you sit through the presentation, you go, I buy it. You know, mm-hmm. there you can, in whether it's ghosts or it's psychics or abductees or whatever, you know, there's always a, a certain percentage that are that are in it for the um, the narcissism, the narcissistic value of it, or they're in it for the money, or they're you know, or they have a message, you know. But you can usually root it out. I, I always just try to have an open mind. Well, Ron, you you, t- you spoke with Cynthia. Um, was that the first time that you met her? Yes. Yeah, okay. It was the first time. Could, could you tell where she was coming from? I mean, when the first time I met her, <laughs> I, I met the UFO Congress in uh, Laughlin, the last one mm-hmm. that they had there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, walking through the vendors and everything. And, and uh, I come up to her table where she had the, the sculptures. And I'm just looking around. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, my God, hello. It's so nice to see you again. And I've never seen this person before in my right. life, right? right? And I said, okay. And she goes, oh, she goes, you know, I know you from the ships. You were on the ships with me. And I went, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> but but then I mean, this, is, this is exactly how, you know, uh, the first conversation I had with her. And I went, okay. She goes, you know. Do you know that blah, blah, blah? And she just starts, you know, talking about all of these things, um, you know, regarding me and, and us and, you know, what we did and what we're supposed to be doing. And she was so sincere. Oh, you know, yeah. there was there was nothing about her that she wanted fame or fortune. She's just like, oh, well, we're long lost friends and here's what's what's going on. And I'm here to help you remember. So it's like when you met her, I'm sure she had the same, the same. Uh, oh, yeah, she was just so outgoing. And, you know, I was kind of telling her that people are telling me I'm this or that. And she goes, no, you're not. That's, <laughs> and she goes, you're you're more of the Syrian warrior type or whatever. And it's like, well, OK, I guess that's good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's good or what's bad or what's neutral. But, you know, it was just like I, I trusted what she said. Though. Right. All right. And that's the key yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Do you trust what this person mm-hmm. is saying or, you know, what they're they're uh, doing? You know, anything like that. Do you trust it? Because that's your gut, your your your, your own intuition, of course, your discernment. 
And those are the people that, you know, you gravitate toward because mm-hmm. you're either searching for something or, you know, you put this out to the universe is like, oh, I don't know why I'm here. And then all of a sudden these people come into your life and they give you these messages um, or just talk to you and you know that you, they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I really liked uh I like going to those type of conferences because you just meet Absolutely. so many unique people. And I, I got to meet uh, David Armstrong, who mm-hmm. I don't know if you know David, but yes. uh, he's an experiencer. And uh, now I'm sort of like working with him in a way in terms of, you know, getting some uh, movie and TV series ideas going. So it's like, like we, we kind of met for a reason, you know. Right. Of course. And, uh, it's just really interesting that the people who we stay in touch with or like with you, I haven't really talked to you in years, but it just seemed like, oh, it was just uh, the other day, practically. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. An hour's gone by, Mr. Olaf Phillips. How time it? travels. <laughs> well, I, I had I had a question. So the the psych or the um, psychic element. Mm-hmm. So are you clairaudient, or do you see it, or I mean, how does that manifest for you? Um, the psychic part, I I use a lot of just talking back and forth with with whoever it is I'm contacting. Um, so. I hear them, but in my mind, I don't hear them um, audibly. I have, you know, of course, it only happens late at night when I'm trying to sleep, and then I forget about it. But um, I do hear them, and then I see them in my mind's eye, too. So that third eye, uh, these are, are, I actually developed um, my, my psychic part more when I first came back I finally I met some a a friend of mine that uh, did the tarot cards and she said Mm -hmm. you know you might want to learn how to do this too because it will help you know unlock a lot of things and she was explaining to me what these were and I'm like okay you know I guess I'll I'll try it so maybe this is why I came back I mean I was really searching why did I come back Mm -hmm. and I started to um uh, you know, learn the tarot and it kind of, everything just combines. So I use the, the cards to get a focus point and then I start seeing what I'm supposed to be seeing and, and then I don't use them and I hear, you know, it just, it, it all depends on, on okay. how I'm getting the information. Okay. Well, that was, that was my, my only other question. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so, that was it. So where, where can people find find out more about what you're doing plug Um, away you you can go to my website which is cassandravanzant.com and it will tell you a little bit about me um and what i do and um how i do it and if you want uh appointments you can book your own appointment uh right from my website and i do you know readings over the phone over skype uh, if you're out in the Sedona area, I can meet you in Sedona, um, nice. and then we could do readings that way. If you, um, you know, want to do tours, you know, vortexes, or if you want to go out there, uh, 
we can go out there and see what's happening. I mean, I, I want to do that. I, I, <laughs> I love Vortex Tour. Okay. Let's have a, like a little mini uh, paranoia conference out in Sedona. Oh, I'm, I'm all in for Vortexes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm down with the Vortex Tour. Okay. We're, we're going to plan a trip. We're going to plan a trip to Sedona this summer. Okay. Yeah, I want a Vortex Tour. I like that stuff. Don't make it too <laughs> anyway, late in the summer. It'll be too hot. Oh, that's right. Anyway, yeah, it does get hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets real yeah, hot. It's desert either. <laughs> I know. I can't do it. I don't do heat. <laughs> so maybe like in fall. Fall would probably be more preferable. The fall would be good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't start getting really hot until, you know, after, well, it starts in the end of May and then June, but July, August, September. No. Yeah. You don't do anything until nighttime <laughs> and then it's still hot. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, we're going to plan well, something. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, Thank you been, for asking quite, me. Yeah, it's been it's been quite inter, you know entertaining and interesting and all of the above. Um, I'm definitely still trying to wrap my mind around the door. Uh, <laughs> for some reason that that beyond that hit the me door, like a door in, yeah, that's a good movie. Um, but yeah, on the green door. I, well, that that's a different movie. I was thinking Beyond <laughs> Death's Door, but the Green Door. That's a you know, we can discuss that on another thrilling episode of this amazingly amateurish podcast. We can we can uh, you know what we should do, Ron? What there we should do a show about the the secret. I I contacted Trevor Peglin. He has not contacted me back, uh-huh. but I we should do a show on the secret patches because there there is one that actually references that. It says behind the green door, gotcha. and nobody ever gets nobody ever gets a reference. To well, they, that. some people think it's the Marilyn Chambers uh, movie from the seventies, adult movie. Well, it is. It, well, yeah. the implication is the Marilyn, Ivory Snow, Marilyn Chambers. Uh, right. Movie from the 70s. Right. But we should but we should do a show else. about some of those. Yeah. The mysterious green door. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something else. Um, but again, thank you, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we'll have to have you back. Um, I'd like to explore the the psychic end of it um, okay. more because I'm I'm interested in that stuff. Um, but again, thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. Well, Ron, that time has come again, where we must bid adieu. Uh, I know. I just want to. So visit ParanoiaMagazine.com, buy magazines if you feel like it. Buy and books. If you there's books, like too. Books. Come on now. There's books. I wrote books. Buy my book, maybe. Um, but, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, leave good notes on iTunes. Uh, rate us well. Um, we do love our listeners. Uh, we appreciate you very much. Um, send us messages. Ron and I are very easy to find. On Facebook, Paranoia Magazine. Um, on Twitter, Paranoia Mag. On Instagram, it's Paranoia Mags with a Z. I know it's really cheesy, but it's the only one I could get. <laughs> um, it is. It's cheesy. You can see my paranoid baking or my road trips uh, where I go weird places and mm-hmm. see weird things. And I do have a thing for Vortexes. Um, I, the one I've got to get to now is a mystery spot. 
but I've done uh, I've done the Oregon Vortex, Confusion Hill, and now I need to do the mystery spot. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I take photographs of all that stuff, and uh, video coming soon. Anyway, so thank you again for listening, and Ron, take good care and keep the faith. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com Intro theme, The Guide, was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net Outro theme, Fighting Trousers, is by Professor Elemental. ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at OSI74.com We are resuming control. For now.